0: My guest today is Ann Liggett, who is the head of HR at Stages Cycling. Ann, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Absolutely. Happy to be here.
0: Awesome. So tell us a little bit about Stages.
1: Yeah. So Stages is a, a company that's based in Portland, um, and we, we are a pretty multifaceted company. We started as a, a fitness company distributing commercial fitness equipment, and uh, kind of branched from there, mainly following, you know, what the, what our customers were looking for. Uh, we like to hire people that love the products that we make. So, you know, we kind of take ideas as they come up um, and it's ended up being pretty successful to follow that path. So we sell uh, cycling products to outdoor cyclists, to competitive cyclists. We have indoor fitness bikes that, uh, you know, like in studios, uh, a lot of technology around group exercise have stepped into, uh, consumer products. So selling indoor bikes into the home, which has been especially big with COVID <laughs> causing everyone to, have, you know, all the gyms to shut down and go into the home. Uh, and, and then a variety of other products that are kind of, uh, kind of support, uh, cycling efforts indoors and outdoors. Uh, we, we have a, an office here in portland an office in boulder uh, we run the gauntlet of product development manufacturing customer service operations uh, a great team of, of sales reps across the globe um, yeah we have a, a good time on cycling products
0: dang so a lot of the uh let's say innovation and the diversification of your portfolio of what you're producing and manufacturing uh, do you feel like that has been kind of more of a bottom up, uh, grassroots coming from people who are on the front lines, uh, engineers, things like that, as opposed to kind of a top down approach?
1: Definitely, definitely. The, so our, our owner had worked with our core team of engineers previously uh, before they all stepped over and started, it was then Foundation Fitness, but now Stages Cycling, and um, they are all cyclists themselves and had been in the indoor cycling industry for many years um, and so always were designing the bike with a outdoor cyclist in mind um, and then as they developed the indoor bike uh, brought power made, power measurement into the picture um, and then someone had the idea hey what if we sell this to outdoor cyclists because this product works well outdoors um, and that ended up kind of being our big break that uh you know really launched us into the market and got brand recognition and things like that. Um, so that's, that's our, kind of our, our first example of that. And then a lot of the uh, additional new products have, have come from a similar
0: avenue. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So your CEO also founded the company. Uh, mm-hmm. What aspects of his personality in particular do you feel permeate the culture at stages?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So his background is actually in sales. Um, and so we definitely have a really heavy focus on selling our products, which is, you know, so you have to sell products to have a business. Um, and so we're, we're constantly focused on, you know, what do our customers want and how can we make the products in a way that suits them? One of our kind of mission statements is uh, it's about your brand, not ours. Um, so he's really heavy on making sure we're taking care of the customers. Um, we have a heavy focus on customer service um, and making sure that team is well equipped to take care for people, rather than thinking of it, you know, as an added expense or anything like that. Um, he also is, has high expectations for everyone to work hard. Um, so you know, everyone is very much ingrained in, in the, the teamwork and doing their part and, um, you know, we don't, we like to say we, nobody's really inside of a box. We're constantly trying to look outside the box and do whatever we can to make the company successful. And then we're all successful along with it. So.
0: Wow. Okay. Um, okay. So let's talk work environment. What kind of work environment are you trying to create at stages?
1: Yeah. And um, we, I would say on the one hand, we have a fairly laid back work environment where, you know, if you come into our, at either of our offices you may be greeted by one to four dogs that run up to say hello and um, you know people are dressed fairly casually and um, sometimes you know Friday afternoon we'll usually have a little happy hour with beers um, but we also on the, the kind of the flip side of that is uh, there's pretty high expectations for everyone to be working really hard and taking full ownership over their area of responsibility and so we kind of have a work hard play hard and uh, environment and Uh, I would say, I know another thing about our CEO's personality, he really values people. Um, He'll constantly say the success of the company is rooted in the the good people that are part of the team. Um, And so I think that is pretty evident in the way we interact with each other and the way managers interact with people. Um, So it's it's definitely a fast pace, but uh, at the same time, we try to have fun with it. And, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people have become friends along the way. So it's a good environment, I would say.
0: What are some things you do intentionally as an organization to instill and maintain a work hard, play hard culture?
1: Yeah, uh, we try to be really clear about what the expectations are and what the end goal of the role is, um, and then we try to manage the results rather than the methods. So, you know, sometimes you have to micromanage methods, but for the most part, if if everyone's clear on what they're supposed to produce um, then there's a lot of flexibility and ownership um, and, and trust and so we, we work really hard to hire people that we feel like we can trust and are gonna be team players um, and then if they you know if the results aren't coming then there's piano conversations but otherwise we try to support along the way, uh, try to focus more on, you know, how can we fix this versus whose fault is this <laughs> where you know there's not a lot of finger pointing going on as much as okay, let's rally the troops and problem solve and and look forward. And, um, you know, so I think that kind of fosters that we're working together as a team uh, approach.
0: I like that you said, you know, there's an emphasis on results as opposed to methods. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of leads me to my next question, which is um, what are some of the metrics that you use to evaluate individual performance?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, And I would actually say, we probably have a lot of room where we could grow in specific, you know, measuring with specific metrics. Uh, one of the challenges of a small to medium-sized company is kind of the the rate at which we change makes it hard sometimes to measure across, you know, across positions and things like that. So we have, you know, we have customer service where there's pretty clear metrics in terms of we can measure tickets that we get in or how long calls were. or how many unresolved tickets we have versus closed tickets. Uh, But then if you look in operations, there's almost every role is unique. Um, And so it can make it difficult to have Clear metrics and then also the systems that we use um, often, you know, we can pre- maybe larger companies have uh, more detailed metrics, but we're sometimes limited. Um, so sales, that's pretty black and white. You know, you look at revenue and margin and did they hit their numbers on a quarterly basis, um, but for a lot of the company, uh, we it's challenging uh, to slow down and figure out what metrics can we use. Um, so
0: that's a part of our, our process that's kind of evolving over time, I'd say. Okay. Um, so you you were talking about trying to hire people who you think are going to be a good fit. Um, you think are going to fit into the work, hard, play, hard culture and people that you feel like you can trust. And I'm assuming that you're pretty highly involved with any kind of hiring that goes on at the organization. How do you personally evaluate, um, and search for and identify someone who is a culture fit?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah we do hr is has a pretty active role in hiring we have a, a couple of other uh people on the team as well that are that do a lot of you know the phone screening and talking to candidates and one thing the three of us really work on is uh looking at background to see uh you know if, if it looks like people's past experience will probably set them up for success at stages we tend to look for Experience either at smaller companies or high pressure environments or that sort of thing because we do, you know, even though you know, I was talking about that we like to have fun together, but there's a lot of you know, we I don't know if I mentioned how big the company is, um, but it's we're about 160 employees uh, and we're 11 year old company, uh, but you know, a year ago we had a hundred. 30 employees and so there's a constant growth and it, that, that kind of brings with it a lot of pressure so we try to look for people that have experience in those environments uh, and then we really try to have candid conversations so we try to set the tone at the beginning uh, we don't we're not the type of company that tries to put on a, a you know a, an unduly positive front we're pretty candid that you know we deal with a lot of chaos sometimes loosely controlled chaos um and uh we, you know, we're still evolving our processes and procedures in a lot of ways just due to the rapid growth and so we're, we're really transparent about that and encourage people to ask questions back to us. Um, I usually tell people we realize you're interviewing us as much as we're interviewing you to kind of encourage if you feel like it's not going to be a good fit we respect <laughs> we respect that it goes both ways um, and and then do you know kind of standard behavioral interviewing and ask people to share examples that we can drill into and really get a picture for their background. And that we, you know, we anticipate that that will help speak to whether or not they'll be a good fit at stages.
0: Okay. Um, so one of the things that you just mentioned was kind of how rapidly the company has grown. Yeah. And I've read a couple books recently about companies that have exploded, uh, like Starbucks, Pixar, things like that. And I think for both of them, there was kind of a, a season where they had growing pains and they had to take a step back and figure out how they were going to maintain their identity and maintain their sense of purpose and mission uh, as a larger organization. And when specifically you know, the CEO um, of Starbucks and then the founder of Pixar couldn't be as on the front lines and as involved uh, with this frontline people. Do you guys have any kind of strategy forward thinking about how you're gonna avoid that? How you keep everyone aligned with the overall corporate strategy Uh, as you continue to expand
1: yeah we we have a a couple of kind of annual rhythms that we have in place that i think really help with that Um, and we also have a short list of core values which are creative intelligence agile passion and listen Um, and those have actually ended up it's, I don't know if it's the chicken or the egg. If those, uh, you know, if, if we've acted that way because those are our core values, or if, if the core values have been descriptive of the way, you know, if we just picked the right ones. But um, we bring those to the forefront as much as possible, um, and then also have on an annual basis a, kind of a, a peer-nominated awards uh, type of event uh, that helps at least you know once a year draw that focus. Um, and then really, it's just you know we uh, the our CEO will host monthly meetings um, where he's very candid uh, and in terms of asking questions. And then we've noticed that the managers and other leaders tend to pick up from his leadership cues. Um, and so I would say, I don't know that we have a, a, an extremely intentional strategy, uh, but, you know, we are small enough where, that we still are fairly collaborative. Uh, and then uh, it kind of continues to evolve over time as we do get larger and, and people get further disconnected from
0: from the CEO at the top. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to kind of touch on candor a little bit because that's something sure. that you've brought up a couple of different times. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like the importance of that. And Because, I mean, that's not something that you bump into in every workplace in America. And if you could maybe speak to the dividends that that's kind of produced for y'all as an organization. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it, you know, it's, it's interesting. And I don't know if I've really paused to reflect on that, but... I think part of it, part of it is just that uh, you know our our leadership had all previously been at a really you know much larger company that was very corporate, and one of their goals in starting Foundation Fitness and Stages was to have maybe a more human environment where you know you can get to know someone as a as a peer, as a friend, as a and then as a professional, of course, as well. Um, and I think that sort of has permeated all aspects of our of our work life and so you know we try to I think it helps with you know when we don't usually the hammer doesn't drop if someone makes a mistake so we try to just uh, you know I think that helps foster the ability for people to feel like they can be candid and not uh, you know not have to hide mistakes or things like that Um, and then and I think just caring Uh, like a lot of the managers just genuinely care and so then that seems to also create an environment where where you can be honest um and then and it does help our work because then we can move forward from mistakes rather than getting caught up or you know into more of a negative downward spiral we just look okay let's let's uh you know put our heads together think of the a, a solution going forward and, and move on and so, so yeah i don't know i don't know if we've done anything particularly intentional with that as much as it's just kind of how we started and uh, I think people have uh, enjoy that uh, kind of the transparency and the ability to just kind of be yourself. Um, and So it's, it's continued.
0: So how do you motivate your managers to care? Are you hiring managers who are already caring? Are you coaching it in them? Is there some kind of incentive for them to care? How do you accomplish that? Cause that's a big deal.
1: Yeah. So the thing, you know, it's, it's funny. I've, I've thought about that before too, because I'm proud of that aspect of our, work environment, but I don't, I don't know that it's, it's something where the, the leadership at the top has always cared and been very interpersonal and open and, you know, granted they're busy a lot of times, so they might not always be available, but when they are, they're very present. And so I think it's really just been a tone that was set at the top, uh, and then, and so if, if you've got that tone at the top, it really makes it a lot easier, um, and then it just kind of happens organically. Versus, you know, if, if I think if the tone at the top is a little bit less caring or more out for themselves or things like that, then that trickles down as well. And we, you know, you could have programs and things like that to try to counter that top tone, but, uh, it's, then you're kind of beating against the grain a little bit. So I think yeah. we're really lucky to have really great leaders.
0: It starts at the top. Mm-hmm. So another thing you mentioned was, uh, trying to get the core values in front of people as often as possible. Uh, I read another book a while back, and this was about Johnson and Johnson. I think in the 80's, right before they had this big Tylenol recall. and their CEO got together all of his executive leadership and then gave them Johnson and Johnson's mission statement, which I think had been written in like the 1930s. and was like, hey, like you know, what should we change about this? And they spent a week uh, trying to change it, edit it, hammer some things out. and they ultimately ended up just recommitting themselves as an organization and as a group of executives to, that mission statement and so it's kind of become an exercise that johnson and johnson has done at different levels throughout the organization is you know bringing teams in and being like hey we want you to rewrite our mission statement and they spend a day on it and then everyone kind of arrives at the same spot where they're like this is actually really good and we're reinvigorated to accomplish this and make this a reality so i, I practically how do you guys keep your core values front and center yeah it's a, it's a
1: good question um, and it's i think one thing that uh it's kind of hard to communicate when we're you know when we're aside from the fray and having having conversation but the, the the pace that the business moves is extremely rapid um so we've we've had a number of ideas for kind of having programs or you know monthly or quarterly routines for having the core values be front and center and then we look up and a year has gone by and we're back to our just our annual meeting and so you know we really don't have um have any like programs or uh, anything like that but I think again the leadership team demonstrates these core values Um, and so like often I've found that when questions come up that about describing the company um, it's it's kind of nice it's a little bit of an easy out where I can just look at those it really is true that people have to be creative and problem solving and you have to you know there's we don't have a lot of people that are there kind of doing the same thing mindlessly They're, most positions do require you to apply intelligence and, and um you know make good decisions we have to adapt constantly people are passionate the listening is huge you know so this i think it's just things again that the tone is set at the top but that's how they act they work and so then that it kind of trickles down into the rest of the company so i'm sure we have we have plenty of room to grow and being a little more intentional but i um, kind of grateful that at this point it's it still is kind of happening organically with us okay
0: um, do you have any programs in place specifically designed to develop your people?
1: The only program that we have that's, that probably would, uh, would would be what you're asking about. We do have a, a program of uh, quarterly check-ins is what we call them. Uh, it's a little bit across between a review of the last quarter and a goal setting for the next quarter. Um, so it's a, it's a little bit informal in the sense that it's, there's just kind of the same goal setting and reflection questions that managers, that man, you know, it's a, it's a self review that the employee completes and then the manager completes a review and then they sit down and talk about it on, and we've been doing that on a quarterly basis. And that's something we've just started in the last year. Um, you know, so it it isn't as formalized as, as probably larger and more established companies have, but we've found that to be a kind of an effective way just to, you know, hear directly what's going on for the managers to coach and give feedback And and set some goals that, you know, might pull you out of the normal routine and challenge each person a
0: little bit. Okay, so last question. Um, And I've got to ask this because you're in HR. So, you know, we've all seen the episode of The Office where there's some conflict. I I want to say it's between Jim and Dwight. And so Michael is going through the conflict resolution handbook. And he's trying to accomplish the legendary uh, mythological win-win and so my question is um whenever you're working through conflict resolution how do you get to a place where both parties feel like they're walking away as winners
1: yeah Yeah, that's a great question i've I've actually been thinking more about that recently because i've been uh, one of my big focuses in the last especially this past year but really for a while uh, has been uh, DEI, diversity equity and inclusion and conflict resolution is a huge component of that Um, so i have thought a lot about that more recently but at this point um, I'm going to kind of sound like, uh, you know, the, I'm saying the same thing over and over, but uh, r- right now we we really rely on kind of our transparency and our candid conversations. And um, so often, uh, you know, conflict gets resolved organically amongst, you know, amongst employees or amongst employee and managers. Uh, I do think the managers do a really good job of listening, uh, so they're able to kind of work things things on their own. If it does get to the point that they loop myself in, um, then again, listen. I try to give coaching to help them solve problems with their managers or the other employee. Um, and then I think maybe the only really intentional thing we do to make sure we got to the win-win is um, I always loop back, you know, a week or two weeks or a month later and check in on how, you know, how is it going is this something that stuck has it been effective and, and we've found that usually they have solved the problem so again that's an area that I have on my list that I'm wanting to you know for us to grow and bring more intentionality into but um thankfully you know when you if you have kind of the right building blocks of people working together respectfully to start with um, I think it goes a long ways with uh when you know for people to want to work through and be candid and get to a point where they're both feeling like they're in a good place.
0: So much of managing people just boils down to communication and doing it early, often, and thoroughly.
1: Definitely.
0: Well, hey, thank you. Thank you so much for your time, man. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks to you.